Hello, everyone. My name is Katie. Welcome to Health Formation, the podcast where we give you health and wellness news to use. The goal of this podcast is to provide you guys with science-backed health and wellness information in an easy and applicable way so that you can take it and have a happy and healthy life. So today, Josh, our normal co-host, is on vacation. He's taking a little break for the rest of the summer while he is getting ready for med school in the end of the month. And so I have my um, one of my students with me today, Tyler. He is one of the fourth-year pharmacy students here at Campbell, and he is going to be our co-host for the day. Welcome, Tyler. Thank you. Hello, everyone. How's everything going? It's going all right. How are you? Good. I'm glad to have you here. Thanks. So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about how you got from Arizona here to North Carolina. All right. Well, like Katie said, I am a fourth-year pharmacy student. Um, I always knew I wanted to get into healthcare. So after college, I took a couple years to work. I was a scribe, and then I was an MA for a while. Then I decided on pharmacy, so I applied to Campbell, got in, and here I am. And you love North Carolina? I love North Carolina. You do love Arizona, too, though. I love Arizona more. His heart is in Arizona. Yes. Um, Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, who listened to our intermittent fasting and caffeine episodes, episodes two and three. Um, I appreciate you guys so much for all the support that we've had so far with the first couple episodes of this podcast. Today, we're going to be switching gears, and we're going to be talking about a modified paleo diets for treatment of autoimmune disease. So let's um, start out by introducing our guest. Today we have with us Tara. Welcome, Tara. Hi, thanks for having me here. Of course, we're so glad to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Great. Um, So why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background and what you are up to today. Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Tara Adams. And I have been suffering from chronic autoimmune and mental illnesses for a really long time, probably since I was 13. Um, And I have kind of dedicated a lot of my adult life to trying to fix these. I went to grad school for nutritional biology to, um, to get a master's to kind of understand things. And now I am in grad school again here at Campbell to get a master's in pharmaceutical sciences with a focus on pharmacology to um, understand how drugs work in the body and the receptors and all that kind of jazz. Awesome. And you have a little experience working in the pharmaceutical industry as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, my professional um, life has been in pharma and biotech since about 2005. So a long history of working with different drugs and nutrition yeah. and learning how to apply that to improve your own health as well as the health of others. Yeah, so I've been a guinea pig for myself for <laughs> since 2001, and I've learned some really awesome things, and I'm really excited about sharing them. So I've actually started my own health education and coaching company called Heal Yourself Whole. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm trying to – I want to get the word out on what I think the big things behind um, fixing and feeling better when you have an autoimmune or mental illness are. That is great. That is one of our goals, definitely, is to provide a lot of information to people on how they can just live their best life, their healthiest life, um, and live life to their fullest. Yeah, I'm super excited. So today we'll talk a little bit about the WALS protocol and um, the use of that diet to help treat autoimmune diseases. So can you tell us a little bit about how you were introduced to this diet and your familiarity with it? Sure. So um, my mom told me about it a long time ago. 
Um, she is super smart and really into nutrition, which is how I got into nutrition. And she ran across it in her reading. And originally we thought it was just for MS. Um, she told me about it because we thought at one time I had MS. But since I didn't, I just kind of stored it away and didn't do anything with it until uh, 2018 when I was really sick and I was out of work for seven weeks. And at one point I was so fatigued that I couldn't even turn my head. So like the phone rang and I could move my eyes to see that it was ringing and that was it. Um, so I was like, all right, something's got to be done. And then I was like, well, what if that, um, the walls protocol that my mom told me about, what if that worked for all autoimmune things? Because they have some really fundamental similarities. And so I got the book and it turns out she does promote it for all autoimmune, started doing it. And it within a few weeks felt so much better. I was able to get off the couch, able to go back to work. And it just made a huge difference in my life. Awesome. So one definitely one good case of how the walls protocol works for you um and can you tell us a little bit about what that diet is and what it consists of yeah um and i'll so terry wall is a doctor um and she got ms um she was diagnosed with relapsing remitting ms initially and then it went to secondary progressive so she was in such bad shape like you can see the picture on the back of her book um she was in a wheelchair and couldn't do much on her own and then she developed this diet with the fundamental belief that her mitochondria were part of the problem. Now, mitochondria is the, um, you might have heard in, in high school, it's the powerhouse of the cell. It what makes most of your energy. So it makes sense that if that's not working right, fatigue is going to be an issue. And that's really common in autoimmune. So she developed this diet and it's um, to heal her own mitochondria. So she went from being in a wheelchair and hardly able to do anything to riding a bike. With, and you can imagine how much balance that takes um, in, within a year. So it was really an incredible switch. So how would you say, because it's a type of paleo, correct? Now, yes. How would you say it differs from paleo or how it's similar? Um, so there are some distinct similarities. It focuses on um, lots of vegetables and, and meat, um, but it's more specific about the requirements because I... This is my impression. Paleo was more of focusing on the macromolecules, you mm-hmm. know, get get this protein, get this fat. Um, she is making it really nutrient dense so that you're getting certain vitamins and all of the things that she thought the mitochondria needed to um, support health. Okay. Awesome. And a great transition just to talk a little bit about nutrient density because nutrient density is so important. Um, just yeah. to comment on it really quickly. Um, If you're unfamiliar with the term nutrient density, it basically just means how many vitamins, minerals, micronutrients you're getting um, for the amount of food that you're eating. So a more nutrient-dense food is going to be like a vegetable, fruit that are packed with all of those vitamins and minerals and for a small amount of calories. So you're getting a lot of nutrients to a little bit amount of calories. And the good thing about nutrient density is that you're usually getting a lot of nutrients and it's filling up your stomach. So it's making you feel full without promoting um, weight gain or insulin resistance because you're really getting filled up for a small amount of calories, large volume, small calories. So that's great. Yeah, definitely. That's my own little – input there on nutrient density. So what specifically vegetables does she focus on in her protocol? So there's three phases or levels of the Walls protocol. There's Walls diet, there's Walls paleo, and then there's Walls, she calls it paleo plus, but it's essentially ketogenic. 
Um, but there's some similarities between all three. First of all, you need nine cups of vegetables, which is a massive amount of vegetables if you're not used to eating vegetables. I love vegetables. vegetables, and that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and fruits and vegetables. As you go up the ranks of, you know, from paleo, um, from Wall's diet all the way up to paleo plus, it's less and less fruit because you're trying to reduce the sugars. Mm-hmm. But um, it's divided into three categories. Um, three cups of dark leafy greens. Three cups of colorful fruits like beets and carrots and uh, berries, and three cups of sulfur-containing vegetables. Now, what is the importance of the sulfur-containing vegetables? Ah, uh, sulfur does all sorts of things. One of my favorite things that it does is it helps detox the body because it, it's needed for glutathione, which is um, important in the liver to break down toxins and just your food in general. And one of the things I think that's really cool about how Dr. Walls developed her protocol is she started out by researching what are the different nutrients that my body needs because I have MS or because I have this autoimmune disease, this mitochondrial dysfunction. And she started out by just supplementing them and taking them in pill form, but then realized that if you take it actually in the whole food form from the way that it grew out of the ground, you're getting so much more of a benefit because – those foods have complementary nutrients in them, so there's so many more things that you're getting out of it than if you just take a capsule of vitamin A. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many things about these vegetables that we don't even know what's in them and why they are helpful. But What is the theory behind how this diet is going to help to improve? You talk, touched a little bit about the mitochondrial dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, what other theories might they have behind how this helps to improve um, autoimmune conditions? So mitochondrial function is the heart of it. What that means is basically your your cell starts working properly. So if you think about it, or this is how I think of it, when I'm fatigued, when I have no energy, stuff just doesn't get done. Like the bare minimum things get done. My house gets dirty. The dishes mm-hmm. stay longer. Yeah. Maybe I'm saying too much. <laughs> no, that's but, great. Um, you know, I don't go and exercise. I'm, and, and I'm not like doing that, going the extra mile at work. I'm just trying to survive. And when your mitochondria isn't functioning, it's just trying to survive too. It's not able to clean out all the wastes. It's, you know, and inflammation will occur and all sorts of um, things that happen because your mitochondria isn't able to do, it doesn't have the energy for all those extra tasks. So things slip between the cracks. So you lose like physical motivation, but also mental motivation to get things done. Yeah. You just physically don't have the energy. I mean, if you can't get off the couch, you know, you, so it's the same, like from a, from a whole body perspective, I'm fatigued. I can't get off the couch. I can't do anything. From a cellular perspective, the mitochondria is saying, all right, I've got you know a very limited amount of energy. What must be done today? Okay. And what am I just going to push and hope it gets done eventually? And so toxins build up and inflammation happens. Hmm, that's really interesting. And I think it's interesting, too, about how much inflammation we now see is influencing so many chronic conditions. Like even oh, diabetes, yeah. there's inflammation. All autoimmune diseases. Inflammation is a huge player, um, and a lot of that starts out with our diet. Yeah, and a lot of mental illnesses have a very large inflammation um, problem, too. Yeah, I was actually just reading an article about that, how depression is now being linked to inflammation. We think of it as a serotonin problem, but we're linking it to inflammation in the gut. So Yeah, and there's there's some suggestion that um, it's related to mitochondrial dysfunction as well. Awesome. Yeah. Um, So let's introduce our article. So our article that we'll be talking about today is called A Randomized Control Trial Evaluating a Modified Paleolithic Dietary Intervention in the Treatment of Relapsing Remitting MS, a pilot study. So I will post the link to this 
study in our show notes, and I will also post it on our Facebook. Of note of this on this article, um, it is focused on patients with MS, but this um, we know that this diet is applicable to people with all um, autoimmune diseases. So while this study is looking at it in patients with MS, we can kind of extrapolate the data out. Right. Tell us a little bit about the population in the study, um, who, who they looked at, how many patients, the background of the trial. Um, it was a small study, and um, it had, what was it? it ended up having, it started out having about 30-odd in each category. One tried the paleo, modern paleolithic diet, and one tried just staying the same as the control. Um, they ended up with having a total of eight people in the um Paleolithic diet, complete the entire three months, and seven, or I might have gotten those two numbers nine. back. I nine. Okay, nine, nine yeah. in the control. Yep, so mm-hmm. 17 total. Mm-hmm. It's a tough, uh, it's tough when you have that long of a study to keep people in it, I think. Yeah, and I think this is pretty consistent drop. It was about a 60% retention rate, so I think that's pretty consistent with um, all kind of lifestyle modification studies because to have a good outcome, you have to make sure that the people are really following the study, but then those people might not want to, or it might be hard for them to integrate into their lives. So there tends to be a high dropout rate in this kind of trial. So I think that's typical, um, of what we would see. And I think one of the other things too, um, in this trial that was important to note is that the patients were stable at baseline, so they were on the same medications for at least three months before being enrolled in the trial, but they were kept on all their medications. Nothing was changed with the medication. We just changed the diet. Yeah, exactly. Um, The hope for these types of interventions is um, not a complete cure. It's it's improvement. Um, So a lot of times people eventually can decrease their medications, but that's not something you do before you you have enough health to do so. Right. So you said the two groups were usual care and nothing changed in their diet um, versus the modified paleo diet. How were they divided between those two groups? Um, It was random. It started off as a coin flip. And then they looked at it and said, okay, I think that was for the first five. Mm -hmm. And then they said, okay, well, now we need to try and match the groups on average for fatigue and the... um, their final markers. So then those people were put deliberately based on their answers to the fatigue question. Right, because that was the primary outcome of yeah. the study. So, yes. So they um, stratified it based on the, they called it the fatigue severity score or the FSS, um, and made sure that that was equal in both groups. And that was equal in both groups at baseline, which was great. Um, so how did people do in adhering to the study protocol? Um. Of the people that finished. The people that finished. <laughs> well, it's 17. Yeah, it's interesting. So two were non-adherent. She didn't go into why. Um, my guess is it's just um, tricky. You know, yeah. it's hard yeah. to keep everything in tough. mind. That's yep. one of the problems I had is like, oh, wait, do I eat this vegetable? What, what, what do I, you know, is, what's okay? Um, but also what I noticed is the only qualifications for completion were that you were gluten and, and dairy free. Yeah. They tested those as their end marker. So I, it didn't say too much on, well, did they really st- eat all the vegetables they were supposed to? Right. So. Well, it also doesn't exclude, like, I know legumes you're not supposed to eat, like peanuts and stuff. Yes. One what interesting thing is the criteria in this study did not exactly match any of the three levels in the WALS protocol. Um, because... It suggested um, eating organ meat, but it also said you could not eat any um, legumes. Uh So it was kind of a mixture between the three. 
um, for what it was recommending. Okay. So basically, Dr. Wall followed this one diet, but they modified it a little bit when they were applying it to a more broad patient population. Yeah. Um, so when she wrote the, the book, which is called The Walls Protocol, cleverly, um, in 2014, she was on the Paleo Plus version of the diet. And then one of the things on the Walls Protocol is that eggs are omitted, um, but I don't think they omitted eggs from the patients in this study. So why, oh, yeah? why do they omit eggs on the Walls Protocol? Uh, short answer, because uh, Dr. Walls was allergic to them, oh. and they had to, for her studies to be valid, or to her to get grants, they had to match exactly what she did. But it makes sense for a lot of people, um, because eggs are a high, um, a lot of people are allergic to eggs. So what she says is, if you aren't allergic to eggs, then fine, eat them. If you are, do not. Right. Yeah, that's another thing, too, with the nightshade vegetables, like yeah. kale, peppers, eggplant. Those are all considered to be nightshades. Um, and because they're higher in lectins, some people um, have problems with those. Uh, Dr. Wall said she, you know, she tolerates those completely fine, but that might be a trigger for some people. So if you notice that that's a trigger for you, just omit that from your diet and then try to uh, introduce it slowly back in. Yeah, they're definitely a trigger for me, so I don't um, I don't eat them. Or I'll eat very small amounts, like if, if there's a little bit of tomato mixed in a salad or something, you know, I'll, I'll avoid what I can, but if I get a couple of bites, it's not going to be the end of the world for me. That's actually good that you do it that way because if you introduce it back into your diet slowly, you'll regain those bugs that you need in your stomach to digest those foods, and eventually you'll be able to tolerate them better. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Yeah. You're doing the right thing. Thanks. Um, all right. So let's talk about the outcome measure of our study. So we were looking at the fatigue from the baseline to the end, and it was a three-month study. So we looked at patients um, at the beginning and then three months later, and what kind of what happened with our, our two groups. Yeah. So the people who are on the paleo diet had significantly improved fatigue. Um, and also some of the, um, I guess it's called the hand peg test, so some coordination tests as well. Yeah, so it said that they had improved by 1.4 points on that scale, um, and a clinically significant improvement is 1.9. The total scale is out of 7 points. So if you're thinking about an, a total scale out of 7 points, I think a 1.4 improvement, that seems pretty good after only three months. Yeah, yeah, especially for a study size this small. Right. Yeah. And also, this is one of the things about this diet is it takes a long time. Um, I felt I, my fatigue improved really quickly, but that's not necessarily the case for everybody. And the longer you're on it, the more time your cells have to heal, so the more you're going to improve. Right. And then what about in the control group? Really not much of a change. They saw a little bit of improvement, but they thought that was due to the fact that they had taken the tests at baseline once before. Right. So just a little bit of bias. Yeah. All right, so one of the things that they also talked about in the study was vitamin K. Um, so what do we know about vitamin K and autoimmune diseases? So vitamin K is linked with decreasing oxidative stress and mitochondrial inflammation um, in patients. So, or mitochondrial damage, I'm sorry. Um, so we looked at a different study that was relating vitamin K to autoimmune diseases, um, and they found that Patients who had higher vitamin K levels were actually improving better and had lower relapse rates of autoimmune diseases. Um, they did say that further, further studies were needed, but it seemed pretty significant to us. 
Yeah, especially because the patients coming in um, had lower levels of vitamin K than a normal healthy population at baseline. So is it based on their diet or is it based on something with the disease process that they're not able to um, utilize their vitamin K appropriately and to convert it from K1 to K2? Um, We don't know. More studies are needed with that, but I thought that that was interesting. Um, And one of the reasons why the vitamin K did increase likely was because of the diet because – Green leafy vegetables and organ meats are both very high in vitamin K, um, and that's a big backbone of the diet. Um, but I just thought it was interesting to mention the vitamin K yeah, component absolutely. as well. And I think they said that the paleo group did have like a 262% increase in yeah. vitamin K intake. Yeah, it's good to talk about that vitamin. It doesn't get much press, so um, most people aren't real familiar with it. Unless yeah. you're on warfarin. Yeah, unless you're on warfarin. <laughs> then that's yeah. something you got to watch out for. Yeah. Um, So what other interventions did Dr. Walls do in her journey to wellness that may be beneficial for people with autoimmune diseases? So yeah, she did a lot of things. So the the diet is really the core of the Walls protocol, but it's not the only thing. So what she recommends starting out as um, is before you even start is to write down like why you want to get healthy and and get, get in the game mentally because frankly, it's a hard diet to maintain. So it's not a diet in the sense that you have to restrict your your calories, but there are a lot of restrictions on what you can eat. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's tough. So on those days where it's really, you know, where you're not feeling good or where you are feeling good and you're like, I don't need the diet anymore. You want to get back to that and be like, no, this is why I'm doing this, you know? Um, but also exercise is important that helps strengthen the mitochondria as well. You don't want to do too much of it for your capability. And some people can't do any, so they do the electrical stimulation instead. Um, some people, I guess, do both. I've never done the electrical stimulation. So, um, well, how does that work also? Yeah, I'm not real sure you like, I, I don't know. I it just stimulates it. the muscles, yeah, right? And they, they, they use... contract and then they build yeah. muscle by that. Yeah, they okay. do it on athletes too, and it helps with recovery. Okay. Um, th- she also recommends um, checking your hormones to make sure that they're in balance. Now, that she thinks the diet can gradually improve the hormones. Um, but if they aren't, or if you need more, then you know, work with your your doctor. She recommends a functional medicine doctor. Um, to to improve those, and there are certain supplements that she does recommend. Um, she as you said previously, that's not the core. She doesn't want you to just eat, you know, take supplements to try and improve. But in addition to doing the diet, there are a few she recommends. Um, there's actually a few more. I don't know if you're interested in them. Um, because the book was w- written in 2014, so we have learned things since. So for mitochondria health, um, there's CoQ10. These are the ones that she already mentioned. CoQ10, B-complex, vitamin D, magnesium, things like that. Uh, but there's also PQQ, and I cannot tell you how to, I can't pronounce. Sorry. Right. PQQ sounds yeah. great. PQQ, which is found in chocolate is Ooh, the number one. So yes. great reason to eat chocolate, Love just it. not the milk chocolate because you can't do dairy. Um, and NADH, which is a cofactor in a lot of reactions. Yes. Um, so those two are also very helpful. I notice a huge improvement with PQQ. Do you take that as a supplement or do you just eat chocolate? <laughs> I, uh, both. Mostly as a supplement, <laughs> but yes, I use that as an excuse to eat chocolate too. Um, and then what are some of the other kind of main nutrients that are coming because of the diet? I know they mentioned um, carotene or car- carotenoids, carotenoids yeah. and polyphenols. Um, any other big ones coming out of the diet that we can focus on? Yeah, so um, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin A, and vitamin K are big ones from the leafy greens. Um, the polyphenols, like you mentioned, those are the colored um, 
the things that give that dark red or dark purple color. It's also um, curcumin, which is found in turmeric, um, is also a polyphenol. You love. I love. I eat it all the time. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And it's good for other things as well. I mean, it has an anti-inflammatory yes. um, aspect, but also they've, I read a study that they were linking um, inflammation to Parkinson's mm-hmm. um, and dementia. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, they noticed in India, not a lot of people have dementia. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they eat a lot studies. of turmeric in India? Always. Yeah. Um, and the, also for the polyphenols, they are antioxidants, and they're also found in coffee. So if you listen to our caffeine episode, we did mention that in there as well. Um, so just getting more of those antioxidants and that polyphenols in there for you in the diet as well. Um, all right. Any anything else about the diet that you wanted to mention that we you thought was important or about lifestyle um, that we did not yet touch on, or do you think we covered everything? Um, I think we covered most things. She does like using fermented foods, um, but I think this is a really sound diet and is a really good way to kickstart somebody's health for autoimmune or mental illness. Awesome. Um, what about? people that don't have an autoimmune disease that are interested in maybe doing a paleo or getting more information about just a really nutrient-dense diet, diet, how can we kind of apply what we talked about today to those people? So I think it works. There's not too many people that I know of that would not benefit from eating more vegetables, more fruits, getting more nutrient-rich food. Um, Yeah, I agree. The standard American diet is sad. Yeah. yeah, I will say, so my mom's done paleo for a long time. I did paleo for like six to eight months, uh-huh. um, and I've never felt better, mm-hmm. but it, really? is, it is tough to do. It is, yes, yeah. especially when you're going out to eat uh-huh. or things like that. The more social eating you do, the harder it is to maintain the walls protocol. Did you, did you eat organ meats? I mean, I eat chopped liver. Really? Huh. That's about, yeah. Oh, I, I wish I could. I have like a gag reflex to uh, liver, no, I so I take it. it as a pill. Gotcha. <laughs> but, huh, that's good. great. Maybe you can give me the recipe because I, I need to find a way to eat it. It's really good for yeah. you. And the reason why it's good for you is because there are a lot of mitochondria in the liver. Oh. So the more... That makes sense. They're yeah. constantly metabolizing things. Yeah. And the more energy an organ needs, the more mitochondria each cell has. So the ovaries have a lot of mitochondria in them. Nobody's going to eat those, though. <laughs> the heart has the most. That's why Dr. Walls in her book says um, that's where you can get the most CoQ10 from. So in the holistic um, realm of eating... If you have a problem with your liver, you eat liver. If you have a problem with your heart, you eat heart. It's because you get all of the nutrients that you need to support your own heart. Like heals like. Exactly. That makes sense. Um, Great. Well, this was a great discussion. I think that we – I definitely learned something. Did you? I did. I learned a lot. Um, Can you, to wrap up, give us your one tip for health and wellness and healthy living that you like to spread to people? Tara. Okay. On the spot. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I would just start with the eating the vegetables. So I believe in adding to the diet or in, instead of taking away initially, because there's a reason why you eat the things you eat. So if that's your only source of pleasure or whatever, let's not take that away until you feel better. So I would say start with vegetables. Great. That's great. One of my patients one time told me, my doctors are always telling me what not to eat, but they never tell me what to eat. So that's a good tip. Exactly. Um, So tell us where to find you. Where can we find your um, new business and where can people reach out to you if they're interested in learning more about you? Yeah. um, 
like I said, it's my business is called Heal Yourself Whole. And right now, the best place to find me is on YouTube. You can put in Heal Yourself Whole or do it as, as a hashtag, Heal Yourself Whole, um, or on Facebook. And I do Facebook Lives, and I talk about uh, lots of different aspects of, of health for autoimmune and mental illness specifically. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tyler. Thank you for co-hosting with me today. You're welcome. It's been a journey. It's been great. I've had a lot of fun. Me and too. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in, listening to Health Formation. Again, my normal spiel. You can find us on Facebook. I will post all of the articles and links to the resources we talked about today on our Facebook page, which is just Health Formation. Um, I will also post them as part of our show notes. If you can like us on Facebook, subscribe to us, and give us five stars, we will be eternally grateful. So thank you all for tuning in. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at healthformation.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys. Have a happy and healthy day.